Hey, finance folk. I was a bit nervous about this episode. After all, except for the intro, I haven't done this before. I wanted to find a subject that is topical, something that we're all hearing about in the news and get just a little more info on it than we normally get. Sanctions. Of course, it had to be sanctions. Russia's brutal attack on Ukraine and its people is always at the top of the news these days. And the EU's discussions on how to further sanction Russia and Belarus are too. It was not the easiest thing in the world to get my guest to find a free moment to sit down with me, even for the short chat you're about to hear. Believe me, she's busier than anyone I can think of right now. But I think it was worth the wait. Welcome to EU Finance. My guest today is Alina Nedea, the head of the EU Commission Sanctions Unit. Alina, greetings and salutations. Thanks for coming to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. The core business of your unit is to give effect uh, to one of the most visible and active foreign policy tools the EU has, sanctions. My guess is that you guys are probably the busiest unit in the EU Commission these days, considering Russia's unprovoked war on Ukraine keeps going and Russia keeps doing terrible things to Ukraine and its civilians. How is your team holding up? I think everybody's very, very busy, but it's true that it has never been so busy for us since, uh, since I've started this job and it's a few years by now. I think the team is holding up quite well, uh, not because they're not extremely overworked, but because they're extremely motivated. And, and this, uh, I would even call it cause, has, has brought people together in the unit and has motivated them to be their best selves uh, as, as no other file I have, I have worked on before. Excellent. Well, it's good to hear that, that, that people are, are holding up well and that they're, they're working hard and they're doing a good job. Um, I'm going to start with a really simple question. What are sanctions? Well, I could give you the, the very geeky answer. You know, sanctions are a foreign policy tool, and that's actually what they are. So they are one of those tools that we have in our, in our little box to try to solve problems when they occur around the world. So, for instance, to try to uphold the values like human rights, like international law, like uh, UN uh, values, and so on and so forth. So uh, sanctions are the last resort tool, I was saying, because um, we need to try, whenever we, we get to using sanctions, we need to have tried to, to solve conflicts, to solve problems around the world in different ways. Okay. Do they work? Do they work? I think they do. It very much depends on how you look at them, but I think they do. Uh, of course, they're not miraculous. You know, you, you don't impose sanctions today and have a solution to a conflict or to a problem around the world, or human rights violations, or you name it, tomorrow. It takes time. Everything takes time in, in international relations, and even more when you try to, to put right uh, violations of international law. But they do work, and there are quite a few cases where they have achieved a very, uh, very important uh, objectives. Um, think of Iran, think of the um, nuclear deal with, with Iran a few years back, and that's actually how I started my career in sanctions. Uh, not much came out of that in the end, because as we all know, the nuclear deal has, has gone a little bit um, south. But sanctions were instrumental to actually bringing Iran to the negotiation table and determining Iran to dismantle at the time its nuclear program, which was huge. Uh, so yes, I think sanctions do work. They don't work as quickly as we would want them to be, and they do impose a cost also on ourselves. Okay, I was I was just actually gonna gonna come to that. Um, you say that the Iran sanctions brought Iran to the table, and that's that's obviously the case. Um, but what about Russia? 
uh, in their attack against Ukraine. I mean, uh, they're not coming to the table and it doesn't look like they're even thinking about coming to the table. What's, what's the point of sanctions against Russia and Belarus if, uh, if, if they have no intention of stopping this war? I think that there are two ways to look at it. On, on the one hand, the point of these sanctions is, is to make it so costly and so difficult for Russia to, to continue uh, waging war in Ukraine that at some point uh, the calculations simply won't, uh, won't work and it will have to stop because it just won't pay off to, to continue doing what it is. It will be just too costly, too difficult for, for it to do that. So this is what we are hoping, and I'm coming back to what I was saying earlier. Uh, I think if we are hoping that imposing sanctions on Russia today will stop the war tomorrow is, is idealistic, is, is almost naive, it's not going to happen. We just need to make it uh, way too difficult for Russia to continue in, in the long run. And the other element to, to sanctions, why, why are they useful? Let's imagine the, you know, the, the, the counter-narrative, the counterfactual, that we don't do anything. Because sanctions can't stop the war tomorrow, then we just sit idle and watch. And this is definitely something we can do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so basically what you're saying is that if, if, if we think that uh, sanctions are going to work immediately, that we've, we've got our heads stuck in the sand. That that's not the point of sanctions, really. Sanctions work over medium and long term more, more often than they do over short term, right? They could work on over short term, but I just don't see them working immediately in the case in point, in, in the case of, of Russia. Got Sometimes it, they it. have quicker results than, than we expect them to be. But in this case, I think we're, we're in it for a while. Yeah, I, I, I'd read that in, in an awful lot of um, press that um, it's really important to, to, to look at this as a long term gain, uh, game uh, rather than, than something that's going to happen right away. Um, okay, let's 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 go more to something along the lines of, of practical matters. Um, does the EU have like a sanctions police force that that goes around and makes sure that um, sanctions aren't being avoided by Russia and Belarus? And for that matter, people within the EU or companies within the EU that might want to try to get around sanctions. Is there is there like you know um, EU cops walking around uh, looking for stuff? I wish we had that. It would make things much more simple, uh, admittedly, but we don't. So there is no police force for the moment. What we do have is a very uh, uh, considerable, I would say, police force in the member states, because member states are uh, in charge of, uh, of making sure that in their own territory, sanctions are being applied by their companies or by whoever happens to be in their territory. So that makes quite a lot of policemen, if you think about it. Uh, it also makes it very important for all these policemen to, to work in a coordinated manner, to, to let us know what is going on in their, uh, in their territories, uh, to report to us how sanctions are being applied or not applied, to ask for help when they need help to, to police the, the sanctions application. Uh, so this is extremely important for them and for us. And, and actually most member states do that. Uh, we also have to, to take into account the fact that they're not always sufficiently staffed. It happens to, to the EU institutions, it also happens to member states that they just don't have enough, enough staff to do that. But the most important part is that member states do report to us, do tell us what's going on, do involve us in policing what's going on in their territory with sanctions application. Uh, and it's also very important that uh, individuals, companies, uh, normal people uh, out there tell us when things are going wrong. Uh, and for that, we have created something that uh, had not existed on sanctions before. It's called the Whistleblower Tool. Uh, it's something that we're extremely uh, committed to using uh, to, to its uh, maximum uh, possibilities. Um, it's, a, it's an online tool, completely confidential, absolutely anonymous, when, where people can, uh, can come and, and let us know uh, that sanctions are being breached, 
that company X or company Y are not really doing what they're supposed to be doing, are evading sanctions. Uh, and this is information that we are going to look into, that we're going to pass to the member states and tell them, now you take your own police people, police forces, and make sure that things are uh, corrected. Wow. So, so individual citizens, like if me as a private citizen, um, uh, I'm from Lithuania. So let's say I see um, that um, uh, Russian, Russian um, oligarchs are walking into a local Lithuanian bank with the uh, with um, briefcases full of money. And I think that this is most likely, you know, something to do with this, they're, they're evading sanctions. So I can just go online with the EU Commission tool and, and report that and somebody's actually gonna pay attention? You can do that, yes, absolutely anonymously, as I was saying. I think the best course of action I would advise anyone to take would be to first tell the member state, because they're closer. By the time you come to us and we go to them, there's, there's a bit of a gap, time gap there, and, and, and we waste time. But if you don't feel confident to, to go to the member state, if you don't feel that, for instance, you have enough um, confidentiality guarantees or for whatever reason you don't feel confident to go straight to the member state, you can come to the whistleblower tool. And yes, someone in, in the small but very dedicated team I was telling you about in, in the beginning will have a look at that and will follow. Well, that's great. I mean, it's, it's really good that um, there's, there's more than one path. To, to, to providing information either to the member states or to the commission. Um, because yeah, maybe, maybe there are people that, you know, they don't want to go to the local police because they don't want to get involved. But uh, the distance and the internet and knowing that uh, the commission is, is, especially because the commission is so very um, diligent in protecting people's, people's um, data, that they're, that they're definitely going to remain anonymous. So that's, that's, that's really good. Okay, I, I think that um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to the, the, the question that is probably piqued my curiosity the most, um, and it'll probably be our last question, um, which is, um, what would be the silver bullet? What would be the best sanction that the EU could levy against Russia and, and Belarus to make them stop doing the horrible things that they're doing? I think we do have a silver bullet, but again, it won't work tomorrow. And I think the silver bullet is the fact that Contrary uh, to, uh, to Kremlin's uh, calculations, the West has shown uh, unprecedented unity and, and resolve in encountering the, the attack on, on Ukraine. And I think this, this kind of unity, this kind of standing up together and telling Russia there is no way out of, uh, out of the situation except you going out of, of Ukraine is the best thing that we can do going forward. Of course, imposing sanctions is, is a must in order to react to the situation on the ground, in order to, to continue making things more complicated and more costly for Russia. But uh, what, what will uh, hopefully uh, really alter the Kremlin's plans is, is to see that uh, the whole of the West, you know, the whole of the civilized world um, is standing together and is not going to forgive and forget. Well, thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for your work and for the work of your team. Um, it's, uh, it's wonderful to know that such dedicated people are, are working on this and uh, let's hope that uh, you're as successful as soon as possible. We're doing our best. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Short, sweet, and to the point. Just how it ought to be. My main takeaway from this is also pretty simple. Sanctions work though we might not always understand that patience is required to see them work. The EU sanctions on Russia and Belarus are designed to make it harder financially for them to pursue their attack on Ukraine. 
to eventually make it too expensive to keep dropping bombs and indiscriminately killing Ukrainians. I'm also impressed by the energy of the EU Commission sanctions team. They're not a big unit, and I know they work into the night and on the weekends. I guess fighting the good fight gives you the stamina to keep going. Ukraine certainly proves that, and the sanctions team does too. Until next time.